And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glasser. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, Game Source and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. You also got to catch our great panelists that are doing a whole bunch of great things, including Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out what he's doing today at LakersBall.com. Plus also as well, he owns a company you see on his hat right there. Is that Slowpoke Joe? Yes, that is Slowpoke Joe. He is Simblaze, Mr. Simblaze with a Y.com. If you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today, try Simblaze, Simblaze with a Y.com. Plus also Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet, those are the guys behind Lakerholics.com. Hit them up today and check out the number one Lakers bloggers that are out there. Go ahead today at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend Stone Hansen, who is there with us for the game. I can't believe I'm already saying this, the Lakers game already. He was there. Go ahead and check out the great work that he does with the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Our good friend John McCallion, he's on YouTube with some great thoughts. Go ahead and check him out today and subscribe to the John McCallion channel. Also as well, speaking of subscribing, if you've not yet subscribed, please do so. So you can go ahead and give us a hand and some help in becoming a larger entity that we already are. Plus, you'll get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break. And again, if you could like, follow, share, or do anything that you can to help us out here at the Lakers Fast Break, including a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers starting off the NBA action season, what have you, as far as the preseason is concerned. We got some basketball today. I just wish it was better basketball on the side of the Lakers. Unfortunately, the Lakers came out today against Houston and still some work in progress. We got to see a lot of the young guys that were picked up, either drafted or undrafted, and to see what happened. Plus also Max Christie, Cole Swider in their second years to see how much they've developed. And outside of a pretty good showing for Max Christie, with some signs that Maybe he's learned and he's picked up over the course of the past season. Looks like he's going to be one of those second-year guys that should dominate in Summer League. The Lakers, unfortunately, couldn't find a way to defend anyone at all. So there were some moments by Castleton as far as on the offensive end, but their defense really suffered all the way around, and the Lakers end up losing 107-90 to in their first Summer League action against the Heat. Nikola Jovic and Jaime Hawkes Jr. really stood out as far as uh, some of the big-time players for the Miami Heat. But here today to talk about the game, the observations from it, but also as well what's going on with the Lakers because there's been some movements and also a signing for the Lakers, but not what you think. Good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out today as part of the ambiance known as LakersBall.com, and of course the company he owns, Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. It is Joe Soro, and Joe, great to have you here, my friend. Want to go ahead and say yes, the defensive end is still going to be some issues with the summer league team. Uh, we saw Max Christie look pretty solid today. Looks like he's doing what most second-year players in summer league should be doing, and that is dominating at least on one side of the ball. There's still a lot of work in progress for, for a lot of these players. So I don't want to take too much away from today's game. 
There's a lot of balance in the scoring today, not much cohesiveness, and just couldn't make shots. Uh, I mean, uh, our first round pick, Hood Shafino, was uh, six of 19. He missed all his attempts from three, which wasn't surprising. He's got a good middle game, but as far as the game at the basket and game at the three point line, it's probably why he was picked 17 versus top five. So he was not able to blow by any defenders, but he was able to create contact and it worked out well for him going inside. But you're right, it was a pretty ugly shot once it, it got out outside of 10 feet. He did look like a rookie, G-J-E. He looked like a rookie uh, in a preseason game, though, and this is a summer league game. I I expected him to not be as nervous, but he was. Uh, I'd say the most impressive player, at least for me, was uh, Castleton. I just I saw some body movement. I saw some feel for the game that uh, was encouraging for me. I just I, the way he would uh, he, he didn't miss a shot. Maybe that played a part in it. And went, went and attempted five shots and made all five shots. So uh, how he's going to play in the long run will depend on his work ethic and uh, how his game meshes with professionals. See, and that's that's the other thing, guys. Is a lot of times uh, a player who isn't good enough yet. Uh, it's just like going bowling. You, you're going to bowl better a lot of times if you're around bowlers that can bowl. If you're hanging out with gutter ball types, you're you're probably not going to play as well. So you want to you, you want to see what some of these guys who are going to be on two way contracts look when the preseason starts. And then at that point, you can start assessing it in a more uh, legitimate way. Uh, Summer League is good in, in a couple for for a couple things. Number one, it's it's a uh, it's a way for us to as fans or as analysts as we are now to get an idea of what might come a little bit better than what you see in college. And then of course it kind of occupies our time so that we don't kind of lose the basketball part of this. Cause usually you're, you're burnt out typically from an NBA season, even as a, a fan watcher, because we spend so much of our time uh, watching games. I mean, if you really think about it, if you're spending three hours, four days a week watching the Lakers, I mean, for, for seven months, and then you count the, the, the playoffs into that, you're, you're, you're dedicated to this. We've watched uh, all the games from last year and all the games in the playoffs. And normally you're kind of just like, okay, you know, my time is a little bit more free now. I can do whatever, whatever. But I'll be honest, as soon as game four ended against Denver, I was already wanting to watch basketball. I'll tell you what, though, it is nice that we got some basketball. The action is out there. Unfortunately, Lakers do lose 107 to 90. It is the Lakers fast break. Again, Max Christie is someone who we have to, you know, he has to pop. He has to go ahead and and make a contribution. The Lakers lost Uh, Lonnie Walker, the fourth. They're not looking. It's like they're going to uh, try and get a backup at this point in time for Austin Reeves, unless you want to move Cam Reddish down down to that spot. The thing is, though, the Lakers are going to see what they've got with what they have. Your thoughts, though, on Max Christie possibly being an individual who can step up into the rotation after what you saw today? 
Today, not not enough. No, I think he should have played better today. If that's the case. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I didn't see anything today that made me think he's going to be a rotational player right now. Can still be a potential player in the future, possibly maybe his third year, maybe halfway through this next season. But I didn't see anything special tonight. Uh, I wouldn't say I was disappointed, but I just didn't see. So I didn't 17, see, six and four in this type of game is not. I, I, I think the numbers thing can can sometimes be fool's gold. I want to okay. see. I want to see how you make the team better. And you're talking about a guy, the only guy really on, on the summer league team that, that actually played in the NBA and played a full season in the NBA. I believe he should have had a little bit better showing in terms of the effect of the game. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate everybody joining us. The Lakers and Miami looked like Miami looked like they were, they've been playing together. Yeah. The Lakers looked like they weren't playing together and there was no one on Miami's team that should have looked like they were playing together. So either they, uh, they, their coaching uh, was, was ironclad or, or maybe we didn't, we just weren't mentally ready to play tonight. Didn't look like it. JD Dubois, who is the coach for the Lakers, unfortunately did not have the team ready. In my opinion, I know they've had some practices already, but still wasn't to the point where the Lakers looked like they were ready. Uh, Zangerstein uh, comes in, says the starters are flawed. Why is Lewis not starting and playing two less minutes? Yeah, he was virtually invisible out there in the time he was out there on the floor and you know, just didn't give me an impression either which way. Zangerstein also says I like Maxis, but uh, he's not a real point guard. He is a shooting guard, three and D. Yeah, absolutely. I would not have Max Christie be the main handler. Your thoughts, though, on Hood Shafino? Obviously, a lot of eyes were on him. Uh, you know, he was uh, the point for quite a stretch as far as the guy handling the ball. Had a little bit of trouble as far as uh, trying to get around guys. I know that's when something that Stone has repeatedly said about his ability to not being able to get around defenders. He was able to get through contact and uh, actually got a couple of and ones. So I thought that was a little bit of impressive. Did have some vision on the court to go ahead and find some passes. But again, for me, it was still a lot of work in progress. A lot of work. And we have to see how he develops his IQ if he wants to be a a consistent player in the NBA because he doesn't have the athleticism to get to the basket at will. He doesn't look like he has a shot yet, uh, at least from 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 this from a long distance. And those those two areas have to be enhanced before you can say that he might be a a player of worth. Um, he couldn't make a shot tonight, and that's yeah. his first real NBA game. I would say can't hold that against him. You got to let it let it kind of go away, the way it goes, but. My guess is he's 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 going to have a little bit of a red shirt kind of type uh, season here, much like Max Christie, and there's not going to be a lot of pressure on him anyways. Uh, whether he's going to be the correct pick here or not, I tend to lean on Stone Hansen on that this might have been a mistake at this pick. I think this would have been a nice pick late in the first or in the second, but I think the Lakers might have. Uh, stretched this out a little much. I think they should have still went with Cam, uh, even if he would have bombed. I think that was probably the best pick at that point. But at the same time, it's the 17th pick. Even if this doesn't work out, you know, Lakers seem to have made up for it and 
bringing in guys that were not even drafted that that have been huge benefits to the team. So if they miss on this one, it is what it is. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate everyone joining us here. Got a nice crowd already in the best Lakers chat room that's out there right here at the Lakers fast break. Unfortunately, the Lakers do lose 107 to 90. Hopefully we can get things going on here a little bit better in two days when the Lakers go ahead at 5 p.m. Pacific, go ahead in their second game in the California Classic before they head to Las Vegas, but we'll see. Your thoughts, though, on Castleton. Castleton says, you know, according to you, he, uh, you know, impressed you the most. I thought he did some good things on offense, ran the floor really well. Defensively, he looked out of position on several occasions, so I know there's a lot of work in progress on there. Uh, still slide a build up top. He needs to improve on his upper body. Your thoughts on Castleton's first appearance as a Los Angeles Lakers? Oh, I was I was impressed. He's so far right out of the gate was more impressive to me than anyone on the team. Uh, there's Not been defensively, s- he looked a little bit. No one looked lost. good defensively, and typically for a young team or a team that hasn't gotten together long, which you know this was the first game for on a, in a summer league uh, tournament. It's very hard for a lot of teams to have defensive cohesiveness. That's not that's not what we're trying to get here. Uh, but he he had good body movement. He was able to hit shots at the rim with uh, pressure, which is something that I believe is a little bit of the the not the, the unspoken reason on why the Lakers kind of struggled a little bit this season. This last season was their inability to handle contact under the rim. And I'm, I'm talking even LeBron James. Uh, there, That's a big, big uh, hole that the Lakers need to fill during the offseason and during training camp. I, I strongly, strongly advise, whether it's Phil Handy, whether it's Darvin Ham devising some kind of uh, activity to where the Laker players are dealing with contact or training with contact, uh, at the basket, because it's a it's an extremely important part of this game. If you make those shots, uh, you're going to get a lot more n ones. N ones uh, are, are are more than just three points. Sometimes it's a crowd igniter. It's a momentum igniter. It's a team igniter. So you want to make sure that you're making those shots more than not, because we missed way too many of those during the season, and Castleton, at least from the few that I saw, impressed me there. He, he had good body control. He's got the height. He's going to get big. And he seems to be a pretty intelligent guy in terms of knowing where to go, right? He knew guys. Not I, on I, defense yet. No, not not on the team I'm talking about. He knew to go to the Lakers. He, he yeah. You could tell he had, a, he had a plan. So right away, you know that he, he's already in that strategy mode. And if you're going to base that off of what's already happened, Austin Reeves's agent is Castleton's agent. So they've already he's already this isn't his first rodeo with that. If we end up finding another, which is a position that we really need, by the way, too, at center, we find another non-drafted player that becomes a uh, a rotational player in his rookie year. I'd say if I'm going to have to pick anybody, it might be him. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Oh, 
So you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair, and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, sir. Well played. Yes. That's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Tell you what, though, the Lakers uh, hopefully will be able to look a little bit better their next time around on Wednesday, and we'll see what happens there. But I want to ask you this. When it comes to free agency, we're just going to go ahead. We'll pivot to free agency right now. It is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Please go ahead and subscribe today if you've not already to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break. When it comes to some of the moves that were made, not too much is going on because, as you know, almost the spots are filled up. Most of the money has been taken. But there was a little bit of action today. Malik Beasley has said goodbye to Lakers, taking a minimum deal with Milwaukee. Mason Plumley, who we were hoping might still be available for the Lakers as a backup center, he has taken a contract to return to the Clippers for about $5 million. Some of the things that are going on there, but where there's still absolutely still some options for the Lakers yet available. P.J. Washington, of course, we've talked about Christian Wood at length. Your thoughts on what the Lakers should still do? Because, again, I think there's still more work to be done. There's one last spot that they need to get, and that's a hopeful starting center type. Uh, And we know that Christian Wood is that guy that's left. That's the guy we need to get to go into the season, season feeling, okay, I think we've got every spot. Uh, figured out. Mm-hmm. The issue with uh, with 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 Wood is he doesn't play very good defense, and that's that might be a problem during the season. But he can play offense. So, I, but I if don't he's know. playing off of AD, AD should be able to make up for some of that. I'm hoping uh, we're trying to ease that up a little bit, where where he's not he doesn't have all the pressure on him on defense again. But it's it's better to have him than not if that's what's left and that's what they can get. Plumley got signed, so we know we can't get him now. And there was a word already that he was going to stay with the Clippers. So I, Washington I never... is just too small and cannot rebound. Yeah, it's it's either him or someone like Bismack Biombo at this point. I don't know who else could be someone you could plug in there at least give you some production. There's no one else really. Uh, and if we don't get anybody, or I'm say let's say if we get someone that's okay. Uh, you're probably starting AD, unfortunately, for this season. Again, it just looks to me like right now the Lakers still need to shore up one area, and that is probably in the big man. Although with uh, another maybe guard that could basically back up both spots or actually just play alongside Vincent if you don't have enough confidence in Christie. I think Christie actually played okay. Uh, 17 points, six rebounds, four assists. I didn't think he played too bad. I know sometimes handling the ball and going off the dribble for him was kind of rough. Uh, defensively, you know, we came into this league as far as someone that we thought could play some D. Unfortunately, it didn't show out today because the Lakers got roasted at every single opportunity. They looked like a layup line at, at times, which is kind of frustrating. 
Your thoughts, though, I think Christie, again, 17 points, looked pretty good. The, the stroke looked pretty smooth. On the offensive end, I think it was a little bit more uh, – I was actually surprised. Offensively, he looked a little bit better, and defensively, he looked a little bit worse. I mean, what, what could you do? When you're battling from 15 and 18 behind for pretty much three-fourths of the game, you probably go into more individual mindset mode and say, okay, I'm just going to focus on, you know, scoring here uh, instead of playing team ball. No one's taking summer league seriously. They don't really care if they win or lose. Uh, but I, I just, I got to see more. I got to see more. It's just not enough for me. Uh, Castleton made an impression to me because again, this is his first, his first uh, go around in, in, in the NBA and you he has a he's in a he's on a he's at a position that we are looking at and it's encouraging to see him do what he did the other guys uh that that were playing uh guys like hodge guys like uh figueroa swider uh swider didn't have a bad game either he hit three uh, three from deep hit 50 well, three from, of nine but he was, he was three from nine, nine, but he he did hit some three pointers, made all his free throws. Uh, it's it's just he had five rebounds as well. I just don't I don't I don't know yet. He's just a catch and shoe guy. I just don't know yet how to assess this yet. It's not really something you can really assess after one non popular uh, summer league game. What's interesting is uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. didn't get to play, and we might be seeing him sooner rather than later, not being back with, with LA. Alex Fudge, I think was the one that, that Stone said he was surprised not getting any playing time because uh, as an athlete coming out of Florida, thought he thought he would be able to get uh, a little bit more playing time to show out. But that tells me right there that in the practices that they've had, that he's not been able to stand out as yet. And then, of course, uh, here in Las Vegas, people are wondering about Bryce Hamilton to see if he can get some shot, but he unfortunately did not get any run either in today's game. Demoy Hodge was a name that, you know, in, in limited minutes seemed to play okay. Colin Castleton, though, is probably of all everyone out there outside of Max Christie, seemed to be the only player. LJ Figueroa was also someone with 11, 13 points and seven rebounds, seemed to play adequate, but again, on the defensive end, it was just really hard, Joe, to watch so much indecision, so disorganized. I was hoping that our, our coach for the summer league, who is J.D. Dubois, would actually have them a little bit more prepared. It looks like, unfortunately, that was not the case. Yeah. How do you how do you how do you prepare a team that you've never played uh, before? Looks like Miami did. Yeah. We'll see how they play against. Was it the Spurs? Is that what is that the next game? Uh, the next game, I believe, is the Spurs. I'll check to yeah. make sure. Yeah, so I, I don't – again, I'm not looking at this as uh, – more often than not, I do look at it as a win-loss thing. But yes, more, it is the Spurs. I am more interested in seeing – I was surprised Alex – I was. I wanted to watch Alex Fudge. I wanted to see what he was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really – I'm not looking at these games for anything other than I want to see how you play, how you maneuver, how quickly can you get into – uh, position to shoot how can you get into an offense how 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 do you uh play man on my man defense are you good at paying attention and listening to uh your teammates uh talking to you behind you you know those are all things that 
that you pay attention to. If you're not always having your eyes on the ball, it's very difficult sometimes to watch basketball away from the ball. It's it's even hard for us who are actually trying to pay attention uh, away with it because your eyes just seem to always want to go to the ball. But if you guys pay attention to certain players for, let's say, a two, three-minute span that aren't getting the ball or that they're not ball dominant, you'll get a chance to see kind of how their aura, if you will, is is working within a concept. And the Lakers look confused on defense from, from, from one to ten. They just could not get any kind of flow and get any kind of stops on defense that would warrant them to go on a run where they could, you know, score 12, 13 points without the other team scoring as well. So they were consistently bad all game long on defense, but they each had a little bit of moments here and there on offense. And that's ultimately what I think is going to get them a roster spot, whether it's in L.A. or another team. It's an individual tournament. This is a showcase of, 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 of talent for, for a lot of these guys. There are some that are obviously going to stay with the team, like Max Christie and, Sh- and Hood Shafino. But the other guys, guys like Swider, I don't see Swider probably coming back. It uh, doesn't look like Scotty Pippen Jr. is going to be coming back. So this is their time to hopefully impress someone so they can go somewhere else and hopefully have a, have a spot there. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do unfortunately lose 107 to 90 in the first NBA preseason action for, I guess, this season, you could say, per se. But it is great to have you here. It is Joe Sorrow and me, Gerald Glasser. Thanks so much for watching, listening. Truly appreciate it. But I, oh, we've got uh, Mr. Yami Swoot, Jamie Sweet himself uh, here from uh, uh, Lakerholics.com. First action, Jamie. Great to have you here. Also want to go ahead and say that, uh, you know, the game itself, kind of hard to watch if you're a Lakers fan on the defensive end, kind of rough there. Some moments on offense, but unfortunately it just wasn't enough. Well, I was driving home from work during the game. So, yes, it was very hard to watch. Um, <laughs> but it's it's preseason, right? Are we, are we expecting defense? Yes. <laughs> I'm expecting that's an, indefensible, least, that's an indefensible comment, Joe. And you I'm know expecting, it. I'm expecting a little bit better on the closeouts, rotations, something a little bit more cohesive. And it looked very disorganized today on that end. Offensively, it looked a little bit better. When you score 90 points in 40 minutes, that's not too bad. Uh, okay. But again, when it comes to what you saw today on the defensive end, where uh, you know at times for Miami it looked like a layup line, it was it was pretty hard to watch. Put it on your bed. Um, yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Like I said, I did not watch the game. I was driving home from work. Uh, but it's nice to see that, you know, it's, I, it, I think this is a, this, these first couple of games are always like a feeling out period, right? Like none of these guys have ever played together. Well, a couple of them from last season's G League team or whatever. But these are not the these are not the bright, shining future stars of the NBA. These are the future role players of the NBA. So, uh, you know, it doesn't really. Uh, doesn't really surprise me that they struggled on the defensive end. Uh, but, you know, th- these none of these guys are going to be playing for the Lakers major minutes, or if they are, season's in trouble already. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, and again, you can't take a whole lot away from it. Again, it's the first preseason game. but First preseason uh, game, first round draft picks, guys who haven't even been signed by teams, <laughs> journeyman's journeyman. Yada, yada, yada. 
Well, I will ask you though. Lakers have made a lot of moves this free agency season. They're getting universal praise in regards to the selections that they made. Your Laker Tom is already, you know, minting a championship ring for himself and others, as far as it's concerned. If you hear, listen to him. Your thoughts, though, on exactly how well the Lakers have done so far this offseason? I mean, nobody wins anything in the summer. You know, nobody. There's no, championships aren't awarded based on the job Rob's done. I think Rob did a good job sticking with the plan that we saw them start to put into place last trade deadline or a little bit before when we traded for Hachimura. So for that, I give Rob, I give the front office a B plus a minus for picking up guys in the draft who have the potential to help this season. And for sure the season after I give the front office credit for, you know, picking up Vincent on a very reasonable deal whom, you know, based on what Schroeder made, we wouldn't have been able to really afford Schroeder and put some of these other guys on the roster. So getting Vincent for the price point we got him at, great move. But, I mean, we're talking about the backup point guard, maybe the backup backup point guard, depending on if Reeves, how much point guard Reeves and LeBron plays. So uh, and it, a lot of the success of what Rob did this summer will be how healthy are LeBron and AD this season. And if LeBron and AD aren't healthy this season, if they're banged up like they were coming into last season's playoffs where LeBron's playing on a bad wheel, AD's playing on a bad wheel, I don't expect much different results. Um, So did Rob do a good job sticking with what seems like the plan was? Yes. Is that plan a bona fide slam dunk guaranteed banner on the wall? Definitely not. Denver still has to be the front runners to, you know, win the champ. They're the champs. Got to beat the champs to be the champs, and if you can't beat the champs, then you're that's 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 the end of the that's the end of the line, and you're second, third, fourth, whatever. Um, so, I, like I said, I, I'm not trying to take away from what the Laker front office did this summer. They did a great job not name chasing, uh, like they've done in summers past. They did a good job and not just jettisoning, you know, players for uh, you know an an, an aged star. You know, I had I had a little bit of fear that we would do like a Vanderbilt, Bomba, Beasley trade that would end up, you know, in a, in, a, in James Harden, you know, playing sixty odd games and then hitting the clubs and you know second round exit, because that's about all Harden's good for. Or like you know going all in on and trying to get Dame and just filling it out with whatever max contracts we could squeeze in around those three guys. So they didn't do that. So. I don't know if you can say they won the summer for not making bad choices, but they with the with whatever tools they had, I thought they did a great job. Um, I would have liked to have seen us pick up Plumlee. Uh, he signed with the Clippers today instead. Um, but then at the same time, you know, you could probably get Tristan Thompson or you know Nerlens Noel, another Laker Tom favorite, or Willie Colley Stein, another Laker Tom favorite. Any one of those guys, you could get it. You know, there's a wealth of big bodies on the vet minimum market right now. And we're talking about the 15th player on the roster, 14th, 15th player on the roster. And those those spots could just as easily by be won by guys by the end of summer league, sometime in the middle of training camp. I think we have till the end of training camp to fill out the roster, so that we there's something that we get. I, I can't remember exactly what is Nick posted about it uh, in the email. Uh, and, I'm, and my brain is still in kind of work mode. So well, let me ask pre- you this: with with one sure. spot. You know, some say two, some say one, but let's just say one for now. One spot remaining, the Lakers 
are still expected to target at least one big that's out there. And with them all kind of being already plucked today, uh, Robin Lopez, Mason Plumley, yep. you know, yep. some others as well. Um, there's not much left, but one name that's still out there, my friend, that could help the Lakers more than just a 13th or 14th man is Christian Wood. Your thoughts on getting Christian Wood to the team? Because it seems like amongst our fan base, amongst myself, Joe, and some others, Christian Wood could be a big <laughs> contributor still to this team. I mean, look, there's a lot of teams that are going to need to come up from the cap floor. Um San Antonio, OKC, there's teams that have more cap room than we do, more spending power than we do right now. So I'm not surprised that Wood hasn't landed on a team yet because I'm sure every contender has thrown a vet minimum contract his way. The Lakers could up that a little bit with, I think we have about $4.5, $4.9 million left that we could use till we hit the apron. Uh and if I recall, there's a sweet spot around the apron where, you know, you have access to all your tools. And so the Lakers are, are, are operating within that sweet spot. Um, yeah, I, I, I would love it if he came here. I, I just kind of doubt that he will. I think he'll end up somewhere where he won't be the third, second or third string power forward, second or third string center, um, somewhere where he thinks he can start. Uh, and I don't think he starts on our team. I, I would start Vando in front of Christian Wood. I would, I would, you know, you're definitely playing 80 at the four or five ahead of Wood. I don't think Wood as a small ball center works very well in Darvin Ham's offense because he's just not, he's not, he just can't defend even the way Hachimura can. Um, and so you're, if you can't play defense at, at the level of Hachimura, you're, you're not going to get big man minutes on our team. And he's not a guard, so he's not going to get guard minutes. Um, but you know, if he comes here, it certainly is a better shooting option, a better scoring option than any of the current names out there. Um, but I think that in the end, he'll, 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 he'll be a net negative cause he'll probably gripe about his role. He'll don't, don't do that. Just pick it up. Yeah. Pick it up. 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 Hit, 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 hit. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> Uh, but I'm trying, I'm trying to encourage my daughter to live like you're, you're basically saying because he'll act in the same way he's he has everywhere else because he's burned so many bridges in the league. I mean, this is uh, until somebody changes their spots. I believe in the spots. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't take much on face if anything. Uh, so I, I, I like the idea of him on offense. I don't think he fits really on any team and in the NBA, especially a team with LeBron, right? Like you got to figure off the top of your head in minutes that matter, LeBron is going to be our slowest, weakest defender. He's not going to help and recover fast. He's not going to hedge and be able to guard the paint and the perimeter. He's going to guard the corner three spots, one of the two corners, three spots, and he's going to have his little LeBron zone and everybody else is going to have to come up with their level of defense to make up for that to overcome LeBron just, and it's not his fault. LeBron's coming up on 40. Like that's, he's earned, <laughs> he's earned the Kobe stand in the corner. I'm guarding this guy. Who's not moving spot, right? Like that's fine. I, I accept that, but we can't have another guy like that on the floor when the game is on the line and in crunch time. So well, I'm not asking for Christian Wood at crunch time, but still someone that can shoot 38% from behind the arc to start the game and play 20 to 25 minutes, sometimes even up to 30. 
give you that kind of uh, relief. He is, again, a pa- playing alongside AD gives you a lot of variation and options with two athletic bigs back there. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't think he's up for the task of uh, – I don't. I guess this is what I'm saying. I, when I watch Christian Wood play, I don't see championship-winning basketball. I, well, I get maybe it. this would be a wake-up call because a lot of other teams feel the same way. I mean, look, let's take Lonnie Walker as an example. Lonnie Walker, who started the season hot, got hurt, and then blamed the team for himself getting hurt and falling out of the rotation and signed with Brooklyn for the same amount, if not less, than what we could have offered him. That is what I see out of a Christian Wood type player. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't cater to me, if you don't do what I want, if you don't make sure I get whatever, if you don't, if I don't get fed, I don't want to even sit at the table. I don't want a guy like that on the team. I really don't. Uh, I don't care what his three point shooting percentage is. It's kind of inconsequential at that point. It's like, well, it's like how it's like how Russ ended up, except Russ was our best, point, unfortunately, our best point guard. And so he got the lion's share of point guard minutes. With Christian Wood, you would at least have offered. But, I mean, don't you think Wood falls behind Hachimura, Vando on the depth chart right right away, at least on this team? I, I That's how I see it anyway. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe he's like, oh, man, I really have kind of been blowing it up to this point. And if I want another, you know, Five figure, you know, if I want some zeros after the one or the two, I need to really buy into somebody's team concept. Um, and whatever team that happens on is going to get a decent power forward who can shoot, you know, who has who can shoot at range. I mean, he just he's a net negative on defense, so I I just don't see him playing those kind of minutes. Not unless somebody's hurt. If somebody gets hurt, that's different. Then you're going to have a Thomas Bryant like situation, where sure. You're going to be able to showcase all your offensive skills literally because there's no other option on the team. But if you're coming here thinking that for the vet minimum, you're going to move up to the seventh or eighth on the depth chart. I just think you'd be making a mistake. You'd be better off signing somewhere that's, you know, like Utah or, or Charlotte or somewhere that, that is just going to let him play uh, and do whatever Christian Wood thinks Christian Wood likes to do. And not buy into a, a winning system, which Darvin Ham showed that he could put together a winning system when given the right players. And the team struggled to win when it didn't have the right players. And so I think the real question everybody should be asking when it comes to the, and again, we're talking about the 14th, 15th roster spots. Uh, I believe if we sign both our draft picks, we're at 13 players. Uh, the league maximum is 15. I think we have to keep take 14 on the roster to start the season. Uh, so but you have to, if you want to keep three two way players, you have to have all 15 booked up. But that's only if you want to have three two way players. I mean, we barely played our two ways last season. Oh, I know. I'm just saying there's three two way players. I'm, 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 right that, now. And that was the stipulation. That was the stipulation I couldn't remember. It was the two or three two way players. I mean, I get it. I, I'm not trying to say uh, – listen, I'm not trying to say that the 14th and 15th roster guys aren't important. As we all know, Laker Tom thought Jared Dudley was the best 15th man in the league uh, in the history of NBA basketball, which is, you know, I uh, I don't even – I didn't even know it was a thing until he brought it up. But um, yeah, <laughs> everybody has their eye-rolling moment on that. Oh, one. my God. Don't <laughs> it's even just remind a funny me. thing to even, like, come up with, like – People can but. check that out in the archives, uh, Tom oh, and I. You know what it is? That. You know what it please is, do, uh, please Jamie? Do for, just for Joe and my reaction. It's it's this constant need for feel good stories. This is the problem with society. We have to I don't constant... have that. 
I, don't I know. I don't understand. It's like every. No. It's all this. It's it's the American Idol brain dead <laughs> idiot moron thinking, right? Well, then put me in. I'll, I'll everything is about feel good stuff because people's lives are so miserable. That's why. Yeah. How about making your own life? I'm not saying Tom's life is bad. I'm just saying in general. I'm some, not, of I'm us, in, some, I'm some of us, some of us out there that are actually living normal lives, they they, they get sucked into that crap and they let it affect them. Yeah. These constant feel good stories. And when I end up finding out what's going on, oh, somebody gave me a chance and somebody believed in me or somebody didn't believe in me. And I'm just sitting there going, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I agree with it's you, like Joe. the I, same I damn story every goddamn time. It's like, dude, just, uh, just live your do, life. Do the be, damn be, work. Right. You know? Put the work in. And that's my problem with Wood, right? Like, if, if he's gotten himself to the point where he's looking at vet minimum offers and not liking that, what is it that has gotten them to that position and to ignore that or to just brush it under the rug, I think is, is, a, is not doing your due diligence. And I think that it, I, and I would even go so far as to say is that if we haven't made wooden offer, it's probably because Darvin Ham has said, I'm not interested in having that guy on the team. And that's fine. I, I don't think that's a problem. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see wood being on the team or not being on the team is breaking the season. There's only one thing that makes or breaks the Lakers season. That's AD and LeBron's health. Everything else is like five rungs down the ladder of importance. And, and it's as simple as that. And so if we can, I will say this, if we can assemble a team that allows LeBron to play 25 to 30 minutes a game in the regular season and still win basketball games and come in, you know, sixth, fifth, fourth, third seed of the NBA and the Western Conference, maybe get home court advantage in a series or two, by all means, make that move. If whatever move that is, make that move now. If you haven't made it yet, make it now. Because that's the key to this season's playoff success is having a healthy and as fresh as a 39-year-old basketball player can be, LeBron James. And if you don't have that, it, these moves don't matter. They're just talking head points to fill space because it's inconsequential. If AD isn't playing at 80 to 90%, if LeBron isn't playing at 70 to 80% or higher, it won't matter. I think we saw LeBron at like 50, 45% in the playoffs last, last summer, last season rather. And we still won a lot. We still did really well. And you saw like what he could do if he could ignore pain for a half of basketball in that last game against Denver. And then it stopped because he stopped. He, he, the halftime came. I'm sure the foot flared up, and that was the end of that was the end of the season. And I would imagine that that's what he'll say in some interview on down the line. And I kind of hope he gets surgery or something to fix it, because if he doesn't fix that foot, and it's something that is, you know, something that happens throughout the season, like Kawhi Leonard, it, it, none of this matters. We'll, we'll we might make the plan. We might even get like a sixth or fifth seed. We won't get past the second round. We won't. We certainly won't go all the way to the NBA Finals. And it, 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 it'll all be, it'll all just be for, you know, I'll be sound and fury signifying nothing. The only thing that matters is trying to get LeBron and AD through the regular season as healthy as possible. If Christian Wood can score enough points per game to offset his defensive liabilities, I'm, I'm all for it. If, if, if we can coax 25 points a game and an all-star nod out of D'Angelo Russell this season so that he's a, he declines his player option next summer and chases big money out there in the NBA, I'm all for it. And so on down the line. But if it 
comes to, well, we got to play LeBron 40 minutes a game and the AD 40 minutes a game because Christian Wood's terrible at defense. Um, the, call me disinterested. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do unfortunately lose in their first preseason effort to the Miami Heat, 107 to 90. It is Joe Sorrell from Simblades of Lakersball.com and also as well, Mr. Jamie Sweet. Join him and Laker Tom, a.k.a. Yami Swoot on his five things articles and Laker Tom as well at Lakerholics.com. Guys, I want to go ahead and ask about as far as what you're seeing from Castleton. I know Joe has said very high things. Five of five today. Looked a little bit lost at the defensive end as everybody else did on the team. But, you know, you're going to hear your friend, Laker Tom, and mine, Laker Tom, sing the praises continuously about Castleton over the next coming days. So be prepared, Jamie. Be prepared. What are your thoughts? I'm high on, on Castleton, too. I'm high on his potential. I'm yeah. not high on his instant impact. None of these <laughs> – it's as if people forgot Reeves' last first season last two years ago, where, like, he put up good numbers for about two and a half, three months, and then fell off a cliff until the last weekend and a half, two weeks of the season. It's, and all people can remember is how well he played throughout the season last year. None of these guys are going to – none of these guys are going to be in the playoff rotation. If we make the playoffs, not one of these players who are in summer league uh, and uh, 10 spots through roster roster spots, 10 through 15, unlikely to get big playoff minutes. It's that's just how it works in the NBA. So again, if it, if one of these guys, you know, can Matt Ryan, a game or two. Awesome. That's fantastic. We could use a Matt Ryan game or two to fire up, you know, the fan base and make sure we have enough wins to get into the playoffs. But uh, we're talking about summer league and G league guys here. You know, I, I can't I can't get too excited. Like, <laughs> they're going to be lucky to make $20 million in the NBA, which is, you know, that's lucky, right? That's lucky for a human being. But I'd like to be lucky. I'd, I'd like to be that lucky, too. But we're not talking about the future, you know, star of the Los Angeles Lakers. Like, we're talking about, hopefully, a future decent role player for the Los Angeles Lakers. Underline the hopefully. And so, you know... Uh, could, could they play some minutes this season and, and make an impact? I sure hope so. Again, if we're counting on that, this season's done already. Like, <laughs> that's that, that's not the recipe for success for this season. And it won't be the recipe for success for any Lakers season. Not just this one. Like, you can't look at your undrafted players and your second-round picks and be like, all right, guys, let's do this. Like, it's not how the NBA works. It's not how professional sports works. I mean, every once in a while, you'll get maybe a Clarkson, right, who came four years of college and was able to score 15 points a game as a rookie and carve out a role from, and grew a little bit every season. And he still wasn't the guy he was his first two years as a Laker that he is now. He's, so this, this, this whole... This whole thing that, like, you know, the Lakers won the summer or, like, the Lakers just killed it in free agency. I, I think – I thought – I'm not it trying to It gives fans it. hope. It gives our listeners and audience hope. It gives the people that's watching out there that are Lakers fans. There's hope. only one thing you should hope for, that LeBron James can be healthy for the playoffs. That's, that's it. Everything else, you're just fooling Anthony yourself. Davis as well. Anthony Davis as well. Both, both – that's all you should hope for. Put, put a little – 
put a little, uh, uh, you know, put stack some stones up on the side of the mountain, put some flowers by your favorite, you know, by the El Segundo, you know, freeway exit. Do, you know, put a little shrine in your closet for the health of LeBron James and AD. The rest of this is, is, is fluff on the edges. It's the pillows on the bed that you're not even sleeping on. It's just, you know, it, it, it does not really matter. Because if these are the guys that are having an impact, it's that means a lot has gone wrong. That means so very much has gone wrong with the real team. And that's just the truth of the matter. And I, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just trying to be real. And look, we can win free agency by hewing to a plan, but it doesn't mean we've won anything real. It just means we stuck to a plan. And I'm glad to see that we stuck to the plan. I'm not trying to take away from Rob not trying to take hope out of people's, you know, take the wind out of anybody's sails. And if people want to be excited about Alex Castleton, I see a lot of, I see a lot of potential in him too. I just don't think he's going to be playing 15, 20 minutes per game for the entire NBA season for us. Joe, I want to ask you this, but when it comes to uh, assigning something that happened today for the Lakers in an area, I think of need that I think has been not been talked about too much. We've talked about it on this show only a couple of times, and that is Damari Carroll joining the oh, yeah. ranks as far as the coaches are concerned. Veteran player, uh, bounced around from team to team. I don't know what he brings as far. I mean, he brings as far as experience, but I'm not sure exactly. He's obviously <laughs> an unproven coach, but he did play, uh, you know, in with when Darvin Ham and him were in Atlanta. Your thoughts, though, on Damari Carroll, because it leads to a bigger question that I have as regards to something I mentioned to you about a week ago as far as the Lakers losing some coaches, losing some personnel as far as in the video room, coordinator to Phoenix and some other places as well, but mainly Phoenix, you know, a lot of Frank Vogel trying to pluck some guys out of the Lakers system. Your thoughts, though, on replenishing that with good coaches and how important that is for the Lakers' success? I don't see much difference in terms of success. This is a very player player heavy uh, sport. The, the Jamie made a good point. This this whole thought process of who we're signing, who we're keeping, who's coming, what coach we're going to bring in to help Darvin Ham. All these are all geared to make sure that AD and LeBron James don't flame out at the end of the year. And if those guys flame out, it doesn't matter at the end. It doesn't matter if you've got the best assistant coaching. It doesn't matter if you've got the right role players. If AD or LeBron are not at least 100% in – well, no one's 100% at the end of the NBA season, but at least to the point where they're not playing in pain – or burnt out from an 82-game season or the first couple of rounds. Though That's the only thing that matters here. Are these guys going to help that? As far as the new assistant coaches coming in, DeMario Carroll or whoever, we don't know. We don't know how good they're going to click with players. And if an assistant coach is that valuable, then I think we would see more wins from a lot of these teams that are playing. And most of the guys that have made an impact as assistant coaches would take over more as well. Uh, you don't see that too much. I think we saw that in Boston when the Yudoka uh, got got fired, but it's it's just not it's just not the norm. Um, so with that, uh, I don't see it as a big upgrade. Uh, it's just Darvin Ham finally bringing in guys that he's he's 
close with and and, and related or uh, that can relate to him better. Guys that worked with him in Atlanta, guys that worked with him in, in maybe even in Milwaukee. Uh, you want you want continuity there with the coach. You want a coach that's got. That's why it is important for the coach to pick his assistants because the the line of communication and the chain of command is going to play a big part in how all that kind of works together. He's going to be able to tell certain guys that he's brought in, hey, guys, go work on that drill that we need to work on at the basket. That's what I would do, right? And then Darvin Ham is going to focus more on which lineups he wants to play uh, and why, and why is this person better in this spot during this time. That's what the the coach's job is to adapt uh, during a 48-minute game as well as he can. That's really the – the job and the other part is obviously to motivate the the players to getting the most out of them they, that he can. I will say though that the chat is going wild. Roni, though, as a Mavericks fan, uh, you know you should be concerned though as far as on the defensive end. You did get a little bit younger, a little bit more athletic, uh, but you still have quite a bit of holes on the defensive end that I think need to be addressed before the Mavs can really climb back up the ladder to the top of the Western Conference. But obviously, because you have Luka and you have Kyrie, you've got to put them as a factor in the playoffs. I will give you respect on that. But when it comes to as far as the team, Joe, with the Lakers going forward, if you were out there coaching and you were J.D. Dubois, what would you actually focus on? I would make some changes in the starting lineup. I would put Castleton in the starting lineup. I would make sure J.H.S., JHS put too much pressure on himself, I think, today to try and perform and unfortunately couldn't get it done. Your thoughts on what changes you would make for next game on Wednesday? Well, if you're trying to showcase if you're trying to showcase your players, the guys that are for sure going to be on the roster, then you need to devise an offense and a team concept around their talents. So if you want Max Christie to be uh, effective coming into the season, you need to run an offense to where you can get him, let's say, on the corners with some room to shoot. If you want uh, Hood Shafino to be kind of get an easy transition from college to the pros, you're going to want to have him control the ball and hopefully set up some kind of pick and roll, let's say, with Castleton and see how that kind of works out. So you can get a nice little test on how it would be if AD is their receiver in a pick and roll or if it's someone else. Those are the things that I would do to enhance the guys that you know are not going anywhere. The guys that are going that are kind of hanging around or trying to earn a spot, let them decide if they really want to be NBA players. Uh, I mean, you can't really coach a team uh, for a seven-game window. You, you have to Play with what you know you're going to have uh, here coming up in, 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 the, in the next season. So my thing is I, I didn't see enough of that. I didn't see a offense that was set up to enhance the next step for guys like Max Christie, for the rookies like Shafino or Maxwell. Try you, you know those guys aren't getting cut. Let's see what they got. Put something in their hands create something for them so that they can succeed. That's what I would do in the next game. And maybe, and and I'm not, I'm not down. I'm not saying he might've not sort of done that, or maybe he decided to kind of let them go out there and feel it out and see what, what kind of came with it. But as they come back, now he has film. Now he has something that he can 
sit down with them and show them, all right, guys, this is what your weakness is right here. Don't go to the middle of the paint and do a floater. You're not a floater guy. And and and, Shif- and Hood Shafino, stop shooting from three right now, unless <laughs> you're wide open. Unless you're wide open, don't shoot the three with someone kind of hovering around you or late in the shot clock. I think the pressure of that, the fact that this was his first semi-NBA game, I think kind of threw him off. But he still was, you know, he had some 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 moments to, at the basket, which is fine. But I would focus on those guys' skill sets a little bit more and trying to get those guys better opportunities to be successful. As far as the defense, defense is about want, guys. I know that there are systems that make a team defensive concept work, but again, we're not doing that here. There's not enough time. So defense is about want. And we're in a league right now where offense is, holy smokes, we have a magic man here. Finally. The magic man has come back to LFB. (laughs) But go ahead and finish, Joe, and I'll give you a proper uh, introduction. In conclusion, I want to see against the Spurs in the next game a little bit more attention to those who we know have a shot at possibly playing a role in next season's team. Mainly Max Christie, maybe Hood Shafino. Maybe Castleton. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see uh, how that develops. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Unfortunately, the Lakers do lose 107 to 90 to the Miami Heat in preseason action. But here today, a returning man indeed. We're all just overjoyed by his return. He's beaming. He's smiling. And I hope all is well. It's great to have him back. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you back, my friend. Uh, we just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, it's just so great to have you back. We wish for you very well and just hope that one day Jamie Sweet can get his angle right on his cell phone. But what I want to ask you here oh. is, you know, you've seen, before we get into today's game for you, my friend, you've seen as far as what the Lakers have done so far in the draft and in free agency, you know, a lot of there's universal praise. Jamie was tempering the enthusiasm a little bit, and rightly so, because we got to see it out in the court and see how it works. But as Jamie's still, this fascination with you and the sink, my friend, I'm going to go and take you off camera a little bit on that, unless you really want to show that you want people, you do your dishes. I'm doing dishes, man. I got, I got, I'm about to make dinner. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But I'll, I'll bring you back on in a second. I'll bring you back on in a second. So what I got right there as far as what's gone on with the Lakers and also the universal praise they got your thoughts on how the lakers have done so far this free agency season uh yes gerald i've been listening to what everybody has said and i i think the consensus is is that uh it's pretty good obviously (laughs) with the the restraints we were up against i thought we did pretty well actually um i thought jackson hayes pickup was kind of the cherry on top as far as trying to find a, like a backup big that can eat minutes when, uh, when you need to. Uh, And he's more consistent than Mo Bamba. So that's a plus Um, really happy about the draft. That was surprising. Um, I was listening to you talk all year, Gerald, and uh, you must've been surprised that uh, Hood Shafino fell to the Lakers and they were, they were able to snatch him up. So I mean, got to hand it to Rob. I mean, he's he's had a really good off season, so I'd give him an A so far. 
That's good. That's good. Uh, JHS, I'm not exactly o- overjoyed with the pick, especially with Cam Whitmore falling in the yep. draft. And that was something I think that might have been a miss, especially after what we saw today with a little bit of a rough start for him. Uh, but again, Castleton looks like he might be a keeper, at least for a little while, as far as someone on the back end as a 13, 14, 15 guy so far. Someone that maybe Maxwell Lewis, although he didn't show us off much, he didn't, I don't think, got the opportunity to go ahead and be able to develop or show off his game today. But when it comes to today's game, was there anything that stuck out to you as far as the Lakers end? Max Christie did show out, play a little bit well on the offensive end, still a lot more to do on the defensive end, unfortunately. Yeah, he's like he improved quite a bit, unfortunately, Gerald, because of all the acquisitions additions we made at the uh the trade deadline he kind of fell out of uh rotational position which is the way it works in the nba um his defense still has worked but i i really hope he's part of the rotation next year gerald i I mean like with all due respect cam radish great pickup but um i'd rather see some minutes uh not divvied up between the two. I think if you got to play one over the other, I'd rather see Max get the minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely good. You yeah. have to. You're the time's already running out on his contract. Yeah, I, I mean it's it, this is put up or shut up time for both, both of them. So if you're gonna find out what you what you got with him, I think you better hit the ground running and see if he could sink or swim this year, as far as the rotational player is concerned. I will ask you though. Go ahead, Jamie. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, Cam Reddish's time came and went. He's had ample opportunities on multiple teams to prove he deserves more than a met a vet minimum contract, and he's failed to do so. So I, I, I I'm taking a public enemy stance with uh, Cam Reddish, and that's don't believe the hype. Um, and you know, I, I, I he's got to show me something on both ends. You know, I don't care that he can. It's like he's got the Kwame Brown physique lure, right? Like, oh, my gosh, he looks like he's going to be a great basketball player. But he really can't play. So you got to show me you can play, man. And if you listen, it's like a lot of these guys. There's like six guys on the roster that I'm like, I would be more than happy for somebody to prove me wrong. I won't be I won't be like, oh, man, that guy's a better player than I thought he was. I will be quite content for a lot of these guys who are on our roster to play above their value, to play their way into a better deal that we can't afford next season, a la Malik Monk. I just have my doubts that all of these guys are going to hit the way we want them to hit. And the that's, only thing that's, it, that's No, I, I agree. I agree with you on Cam Reddish uh, 100% because, you know, I was fighting the, the entire audience for – months when it concerns oh cam reddish get cam get cam there's a reason he's been on three teams already at such a young age and the fact is he still only shoots 30 percent if we're lucky from behind the arc if it okay if it does he's very athletic and obviously he brings the highlight real action to him if the lakers can continue the pace in the top five in the nba it would partly be because he is getting rotation minutes and is flourishing in that type of offense but if it's the Lakers become more of a half court stagnant offense, which you and I both know has been an issue over the course of the past couple of seasons, that could be a problem for him and his style of play. He needs an up and down open court type of style in order to flourish because he just like we've seen with a lot of these players, Jamie and Sean and Joe, 
he's just not able to hit that outside jumper. And for him, that that's a big issue in the league. When you can't hit your outside jumper and you're a perimeter player, that is so much of a detriment to your game. 100%. Yeah. That's, that's the name of the game is fill a role. If you're a role player and you can't fill a role, Papa Duck Butter didn't like uh, Max Christie's shooting stroke. Uh, but I, yeah, I love his name, Papa Duck Butter. He 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 had a he had good elevation on his jump shot. We talked about yeah. this on playback. I I think there's a lot of potential there. It's just a matter of let's get this kid some room and some good off good 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 distribution so that he can show a skill set. He he might play better with with the with the starters uh, at some point during the year. I think that. That that will show a little more than what we're seeing here, but uh, if if you can if you can kind of get the ball rolling here in, in, in preseason, I'm sorry, in uh, summer league, then uh, you might have a, a good shot to show some some improvement during the preseason. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com, with a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Guys, when it comes to what you saw, though, in today's game, again, Castleton, I know it will be the enamor, and you will not hear it. You're the closest man to Laker Tom, so you're going to hear nothing but Maybe. love for, yes, you. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm high on Castleton as well. I think he's got, okay. he's got, he's got some nice elbow he's got some nice elbow game to him right like but you know offer... he's going to be talked about like he's the second coming of kareem oh yeah no he's going to win rookie of the year for sure but uh my point is is that like i think uh, that's uh, listen i i i probably over uh, overstated my my pessimism and didn't allow for enough of the hope and wonder that i have in my soul to shine through in the last hour so let me just let me let me counterbalance myself by saying i think a lot of the guys that we picked up have potential and could be great role players to maybe even good players in this league, just not this season. They're going to have a lot of a learning curve. They're going to hit a rookie wall. They're going to, all of these things are going to happen. So, you know, just, just temper your expectations with reality and you're going to have a wonderful season. And hopefully, hopefully some of these guys can contribute on the big team and don't be surprised if they don't. That's all. So Magic Man, of course, with all the signings and all the praise and all the, the things that are going on with uh, the, the Lakers and this free agent offseason, want to ask you, who are your keys to to the season as far as the new additions are concerned? Who are the newest additions that you like that really are going to make an, uh, an imprint on, in the, on this team? Uh, yeah, Gabe Vincent. Uh, his pick and roll play uh, in the playoffs especially is – something that we really need as far as like a secondary playmaker goes Gerald and 
quite frankly, um, I'm just going to be honest. I was dreading, like dreading Chris Paul uh, having any association with us whatsoever. You and I both. Yeah. Um, very, um, very slow. Um, it's going to be, that's going to be very interesting now to see how the Warriors play. Um, Gabe Vincent is like, he's really, he's a versatile pick and roll playmaker. He could play fast. He could play slow. Um, he's really adept at, at pick and rolls on the wing. He can do high pick and rolls, low pick and rolls. Um, Spo gave him a lot of freedom and, uh, he rewarded Spo's, uh, trust with, uh, his efficiency. So I really think uh, him solidifying a second unit is going to be huge. Uh, I also like the, uh, the Torian Prince signing as well, Gerald. Um, you needed a guy who can like shoot, 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 and he can shoot. Um, so I think that, I think the bench is pretty solid, Gerald. I think we have at least a, a solid 10 man rotation, depending on how either one of the rookies, plays it might get up to 11 but uh dar like one thing i liked about this uh summer is that rob palinka worked in collaboration with darvin ham he got him players that fit his system it didn't it didn't feel that way the the last season with vogel it felt like they were on two ends of the, the opposite spectrum there as far as what guys they need in their system. So it was nice to see a collaborative effort for the, the front office and then the coaching staff. And obviously Gerald with, with the guys we picked up the, the most important, the most important guy in all of this is Phil Handy. Phil, um, um, if it wasn't for Phil Handy, I don't think Rui would have had the, uh, the playoff performance that he had. Um, and I also think he was able to uh, keep Austin Reeves on an even keel and not have his confidence uh, go in the toilet when he was struggling there. So he's going to be really, really important. Of the guys we have who who I haven't, who I think could be a sleeper, like I. Hoodshafino could probably could maybe show something with uh if there's if there's injuries, but other than that, I think we're pretty solid. Um I, I think there's really no reason to put any of these rookies in a position where they can't succeed. Um Max Lewis isn't uh isn't ready for you know 20 minutes in the NBA yet, Gerald. Um I don't think Hood Shafino is ready for that either, even though he's uh, he's decent pick and roll player. Um, I think this is an opportunity for him to sit on the bench and watch um, Gabe Vincent and, and um, LeBron run pick and rolls for AD and Jackson Hayes and kind of learn on the fly. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glassford along with magic man, Sean Grice returning home. He's coming home. I, I, I don't even start any songs right now. Sound like mm-hmm. I'm going to go into like uh, some other songs as far as coming home is like, but it's good to have him back along with Jamie Sweet from Lakerholics.com and of course Joe Sorrell from LakersMall.com and Simblades, Simblades with the Y.com. And Jamie, are you cooking? Are you cooking? Jamie, are, first off? Jamie are, you using, are you using real tomatoes or is that tomato paste? Uh, it's Erdes salsa, which is cinnamon Anyway, I got I to gotta go, guys. Enjoy the cookout, Jamie. All the best, my friend. 
Happy Fourth, everybody! Don't pull, uh, don't pull your hands off like some NFL linemen have. There you go, absolutely. And avoid the vodka pickles. There you go, absolutely. Have a good one, Jamie. That was Jamie Sweet from Lakerholics.com cooking dinner, hopefully for us all next time around. But it is Joe Soro, Sean Grice, and J- and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. If you have not yet subscribed. We had our best weekend ever here at the Lakers Fast Break. Got over 200 subscribers in the past month, 100 of which came in the past 48 hours. So we truly appreciate everybody out there watching them, listening as we get closer to the big 1,000 mark. We're hopefully going to get that in in sooner rather than later. But, Joe, let me hit you back up. When it, when it talks about as far as what the Lakers still need, again, Christian Wood, you know, Jamie's not in love with that uh, aspect of it. I'm actually more inclined to say I think we should give him an opportunity. I think this would be prime for Christian Wood to, for his one of his last stops to revitalize his game and his reputation so that he could probably get a bigger contract in the league. But how important is it for the Lakers to get one more big that can actually make a contribution, Joe? It's very important, and Christian Wood would make – a positive impact because we don't have any impact at the moment. So anything is better than nothing. Uh, I know he. I think struck- Hayes can give you some minutes defensively off the bench. I, I don't. I don't. I'd say there's one player I don't trust in in, in the signings, and that's Jackson Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've frequented uh, the New Orleans Pelican fan base, a lot of them were happy he was gone, and a lot of them said that he had a low basketball IQ. Uh, This isn't a team that can afford to have low IQ players unless you're using using him like a – and I'm not saying Wenyan Gabriel was a low IQ player. I'm just saying he becomes a Wenyan Gabriel player as as a a guy you could just throw in there when you have to, uh, which is probably what it's going to be anyways. But it does help if you do have a – Starting center caliber type center because right now we have none. The only one is is AD, and I don't. I still don't consider him a center. He's a power forward, and it would help save him up for 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 the stretch run. And that's really all that matters. At LeBron and AD have to be preserved for the stretch run, and the signings were done so that we have continuity and the ability to have depth, so that the that LeBron and AD don't have to do all the work and that's it. We need, we need, we need guys that can step up, especially when AD misses 15 games, we need to win 10 of those games. At least if LeBron takes 15 games off, we need to win 10 of those games. If we can do that, then we're in good shape for the, for the playoffs. And this time we won't burn out in the end. Magic man. That's still a weakness, but even with all the signings is that, that there is a need for another big man. And, you know, with Wout there, there's not much left. Uh, P.J. Washington, we've talked about Yurt Seven, we've talked about some other players as well that might fit the need. we got Lopez that signed today with Milwaukee to be with his brother. Strange that they're so far away from a Disney World or Disneyland, but, you know, it is what it is. Then you have, as also as well, you had Plumlee signing with the Clippers for one year, $5 million. That doesn't leave us many options. Disneyland sucks now, by the way. Just so I don't know. What I the like Disneyland. I disagree with you on trash. That. I like Disneyland. I like. I like Disneyland. Sorry, I'm going to keep on liking Disneyland. But Magic Man, getting back to you when it Fed comes in the bar to bar a little bit, don't you? Sorry, man. To me, it's the happiest place on earth. It's not. <laughs> it's the. <laughs> <laughs>
this place on earth. <laughs> Thanks. Great. Gonna have to be able to have, I, I can't. There was no other one, word to use. One fifteen thirty-five. Yeah, yeah, that was exactly. that, that sorry. I, I, I was there last couple of times. I wanted to hang myself. Okay, well, there's probably a nice bar over there that if you wanted to. I, I could have. I could have just jumped into the dirty water at the Pirates of the Caribbean and called it a day. But I have a Universal Studios. <laughs> I already went there a couple a couple months ago. No, I, I love was, Universal. That is a good good spot. Super Mario World is the noisiest place on planet Earth. Do not go there if you listen have to what JE says. Take some go. headphones. It inside Super Mario World. It, it's all built. The sound does not travel out. It just stays there, and it's just noise, 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 noise. It is just my God. But anyways, Magic Man, getting back to what the Lakers need as far as the center is concerned, there is Christian Wood. I know a lot of people are talking about him. People are divisive on him as far as what he can do. We understand he has defensive deficiencies, but the fact that he can stretch the floor, play with AD, and score is obviously, for us, very tempting. It is. It is. Uh, I have to admit, um, you know, he he would. However, um, just out of curiosity, I was just looking up what his usage rate is. It's almost 25%, Joe. It's, mm. it's a little over 24 so he does need the ball in his hands a little bit to uh to be effective as a shooter um it's it's he's not a pure catch and shoot uh scorer uh he does need the ball in his hands he needs opportunities i just think we're 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 at a position now gerald where i mean I would rather the ball be in LeBron's hands, and if it can't be in LeBron's hands, then it's in Vincent's hands. I, I think Wood would be – I would call him I, – I don't think he's superfluous in the sense that he can fill it up. I think he's superfluous in the sense that you already have guys who have high usage rates and you've put depth around them to help. I think Wood would just be you know, an additional add-on and – like. He could he, Gerald. There's a possibility if he doesn't like his role, he could kind of disrupt uh, the locker room. There, there, there have been whispers that that's what happened um, in Milwaukee. That's what happened in Dallas, and that's kind of why he's been shown the door his whole career. He's been burnt. He's burnt a lot of bridges. I will definitely admit that to anyone out there. And and you know what? If the Lakers do take a flyer on him. I mean that the the ceiling is him having him as your starting center alongside with AD, where AD can make up for a lot of his defenses deficiencies, but be a stretch five out there so that the Lakers have three players out there that can actually shoot from the outside. Because we're not counting LeBron at thirty percent. Because I don't know which LeBron you're going to get from year for year. Do you get the LeBron that shoots thirty six percent from three? Or do you usually get, or do you get the LeBron that shoots thirty to thirty-two? Last year we got the LeBron that shoots thirty to thirty-two. That's part of the problem when you look at it. Yes, big, big time, big time. If if uh, that's the same issue, I think we'll we'll circle the wagons here, Gerald, and you, you'll probably be right. You know, they should have taken a flyer on Woods if they had if they had the chance there. I. I I just I I have so I have just this feeling, Gerald, in the in the pit of my stomach that wherever he goes, it's going to be an issue. Eventually, he's going to 
he's going to uh, grumble about playing time or he's going to grumble about, uh, you know, his role or this and that. I'm just, I'm very hesitant to add anybody who might, might um, cause locker room issues. I think uh, Jason Kidd is still tight with the Lakers to some degree, and maybe he's relayed the message to them that you might want to stay away from him. That could be why they haven't tried to take a shot at him yet. No team has taken a shot at him yet. That's what someone will. Someone will eventually, but it's a business. Somebody will. I, I just think, I just think it's, it's like at this point in time, it's, it's kind of a bird in the hand with him as far as, problems like there are always going to be problems with them even if even if he's walking on the sunny side of the street he'll he'll find something to complain about it's again it's something that we have to all consider as far as the the the, actually if the well is getting dry sean the well is getting dry joe there's not much left i mean an opportunity for whoever's left that can actually give you a contribution than just sit on the bench. You know yes. what I mean? So that that's the problem. That's the problem I see as far as being able to find someone, unless you make a trade, but then again, what assets do the Lakers have left to go ahead and make a trade for someone like that? Not much. Cause as Joe, as Joe's you've elaborated Joe at length and with very good reason, you were the first to jump on AD needs to get back to the four not only for what his preference is, but for health reasons. It's something that, again, needs to be stressed to the front office. We may have to wait till the deadline again for a solid big. Uh, And the Lakers have set their contracts up so that in case something comes with that, then they'll they'll have a chance at at possibly getting something late, late late in the season. The Lakers have likely allowed themselves to be fairly good with this team currently at the moment today. They could probably win 25 of the first 40 games. I, I think I think they can be 25. Anything beats 2 and 10. We were right. pretty bummed when it came to 2 and 10 doing those post games. We can shows. we can go we can even go let's say Hi, can, this is Gerald for the Lakers fast break. Life sucks. The Lakers are 2 and 10. 30 30 and 22. If they're sitting at 30 and 22 at the at the All-Star break. Now 30 and 22 that's that's 52. 52 games. Yeah, usually yeah. they hit that yeah, low 50. Yeah, yeah, I know it's true. That's why one. I said it. Um, yeah. Don't interrupt me again. Um, no way. The... I will if I want to. <laughs> so if, they, if they're playing ball like that, uh, they're probably going to need to make a move. Who they're going to trade, we'll find out. Uh, whether it's going to be a big or whether maybe there's a, a star that ends up not doing what he's supposed to. <clears throat> Trey Young, uh, and there's a deal there. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there because uh, I think he's going to be the next one to demand a trade out. That's just my feeling. Uh, and then at that point, the Lakers have some some options there, right? Uh, if they are 35 and 17, let's say, hmm, do you want to mess that up or do you want to write it? and maybe add a one piece somehow. 
I don't think the buyout market is going to make that much of a difference. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think the record is going to determine on whether they're going to somewhat shake up the team, at least with a couple guys, and go after one major piece that could finish them off. If they were able to do what they did last year with role players, just minimal role players, and some of those role players didn't really play consistent enough, like Bando, then, you know, maybe maybe a, another maybe a, a true third guy can be the difference in winning a championship next year. And and I, I want to stress when we talk about the the infatuation that we have for mm-hmm. Christian Wood or some player of his ilk to come in, you know, I, it is more for the regular season. WC makes a great point. You know, for the crunch time minutes and for the playoffs, we expect AD to play the predominant amount of of at the center position. Don't get us wrong, but saving him is a key as far as magic man, him playing the four is a way of saving him from having to be beat up by the bigger players for a predominant amount of minutes during the course of the season. I mean, during the crunch time, he's playing the center during the playoffs. He's playing the center. We get that. It's just the amount of who can we get there as a big body that can play alongside him. That actually makes it a lot easier for him to take up the less amount of minutes at the center position yeah it's you know how many how many times how many times do uh do you want to keep breaking that rock against a stone gerald eventually uh it's gonna smash so you know he needs a break at times like considerably um so we we added depth there where he could sit on the bench uh, hopefully for you know an actual whole fourth quarter and he doesn't have to come into the game with four or five minutes left because we've had a 26-point lead that's been shrunk to 13. Um, I'd like to avoid that as much as possible, especially with with uh, the way things went last year. So, yeah, if you can give him cons- uh, like w- room to maneuver and – and have that cushion because there is a cushion there. Now you could still play Rui at the four if you need to, depending on matchups and Prince is perfectly capable of, of either playing the three or the two. I mean, he's more of a three, but I mean, in a pinch, depending on matchups and that, if you wanted to put him at a two, you could Ham's got more versatility at this point at his disposal than he did last year. Um, So, yeah, I think the I think the depth is is in a good position. I just, like Joe was saying, probably at the deadline, depending on the way things shake out, maybe you only need to add uh, a piece or two there. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate everybody watching, and listening. It is the Lakers, unfortunately, losing in their first preseason game, right there, one hundred seven to ninety to the Miami Heat. Uh, and just when it comes to it, though magic man the idea is what joe talked about playing ad and lebron less minutes if we can keep them around 30 minutes a game it is just makes it this so much easier and better for the lakers long term yes 100 percent, gerald i mean um especially considering that you know it's a marathon it's not a sprint so i'm with you if you could keep them like below 35, you know, we're hoping to meet in the middle there, right? But you're hoping for for 30 and a spell. 
<clears throat> at this point in time, I think there I think there's enough enough shooting on this team where you don't really have to, it's not like an overt concern. It's it's a little bit of a worry because shooting comes and goes even with the best of teams. But for the most part, I, I agree with you, Gerald. I think it's incumbent. It's it's emphasized that they need rest. Like we saw what the playbook was in 2020, right? You have a team full of depth around them. There's cushioning, especially in that front court. They get rest. They're ready to go for the playoffs. And then that depth uh, shows itself again. And hopefully it, it makes for a better result because they were just gassed at the end. Denver ate her lunch. Yeah, and the part of the reason is what uh, Papa Duckbutter is saying in the chat as far as starting the season two and ten. Yeah, I know Joe's just thrilled at Papa Duckbutter's name. You know, <laughs> I will say though that uh, you know it's the fact I mentioned it on the last show is where the Lakers had to work so hard, you know, from two and ten to try and get even into a play-in position that a part of the reason why they ran out of gas in that Denver series because literally had to play LeBron and AD in games where other players were resting later in the season. Yes. Yes. That, that, that was also, that was also a factor. You know, he, <clears throat> he shouldn't have been playing on that foot, but he decided to play because he is who he is. He's put on the miles and he's the one who understands his body better than anybody else in the world. So he decided to play on it, Gerald, and got all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Just couldn't get over that that one last hurdle. And Gerald, you're right. I mean, it's it, it's it's incumbent upon the Lakers to facilitate a scenario where you have depth around him. That depth is productive because I mean. You can have all the depth in the world, but if, if they're not producing, it's not real depth. So if they if they produce, I'm, I'm with you. I think you can play LeBron less than 30, 35 minutes a game, and he'll be ready to go for the playoffs. Well, again, I, that's what I'm hoping. As, you know, because as Joe has pointedly said that several times, you know, the less you play LeBron AD, as far as on a health-wise basis, not not they're injured, but as far as a minutes in game, the fresher they'll be come playoff time. Yeah, like like hope, like hopefully, Gerald. They they have uh, obviously they have meetings beforehand, right? So we know that AD is going to miss some games. There are just going to be some maintenance days where he just scheduled to be to be out of the lineup. Um, I. Gerald, I, I mean, if you're going to play LeBron and AD in back-to-back situations, even with, you know, all rainbows and sunshine, I'd still hope that you put a minute restriction on them in that scenario because we do have the depth at this point to uh, insulate ourselves from a situation where, you know, neither one of those guys are in a position where, you know, they're fatigued or there's been uh, muscle overexertion or whatever, and somehow, some way, something bad happens. That's usually the way it goes in a back-to-back. So I'm hoping they have all the ducks in a row here and decide that either they one of them sits in the back-to-backs or they both have minute restrictions. 
Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glasser along with the returning magic man, Sean Grice. And also, of course, Mr. Joe Soro from LakersBall.com and also as well, Simblades, Simblades with the Y.com. Nick's are nice. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, Nick's just truly appreciate you you stopping by. Salute to the planet. You know, being respectful to us and, and we'll be respectful back to you. It's just so great to have your wishing best for your team as far as the Knicks are concerned. Wouldn't mind seeing a Lakers-Knicks final. That would be really cool to see. But it is before it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers unfortunately did lose today, 107 to 90. But before we head on out, Joe, because it's getting close to that time, getting close to starting to do some dinners, starting to get close to some Fourth uh, of July action tomorrow. Magic man, I hope you had a great Canada Day this past weekend. <laughs> Joe, your final thoughts on what the Lakers did so far today, and and what you're looking forward to in the coming days from the Lakers. <sighs> I think they're going to see which big they end up signing. I think that's it. Once they do that, it's it's Dunsky for the free agency period. And then at that point, we're going to see what talent we can we can use here in, in, in Summer League. I, I don't see – I think Rob did his job uh, pretty quickly, too, in, within the first couple of days of free agency. So um, – I'm, I'm happy where the Lakers are. I, I do want to find out one thing, though. I have not been able to find any information on whether LeBron uh, had any kind of anything with his ankle. He had a torn tendon in his foot, and I haven't heard an update on anything since, I think, June 3rd on whether there was something going on there. So yeah, he, he said he, he wouldn't he, tell you. He said, he said um, I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to get surgery. And you're just going to find out about it when I feel like telling you. Yeah. I go to the LeBron James of feet, as I remember correctly. That's, that's so, what he said. Yeah. Le- LeBron James of what? Feet. Feet. <laughs> Look, uh, <laughs> I just, I just want, I just want to know if, if he's playing with no injuries next year. I don't know what this cloak and dagger crap is, but. I guess if he wants to play that game, so be it. And I haven't heard anything about AD's foot, uh, if there's something there. But if they're feeling – All I've seen is him working out on those Instagram. He did look good. He did look good working out. Uh, I don't know about the hair part, but then, you know, we're all – You were just just not with the perm that is now becoming – No, the perms are terrible, guys. It's almost – I couldn't figure out – I couldn't figure it out in the 80s. I can definitely not figure it out now. But they're as long as they're good to start and we can keep their minutes. AD can play 35 minutes. I think he's still good there on, on occasion. But we have to make sure we keep LeBron at 30. I want 29. I like that number, 29. Keep him at 29 on average throughout the year. If you do that and still win uh, 60 to 65% of your games, you're going to be in really good shape towards the end of the year. And that's that's my my hope uh, the rest of the way here to prep the team for training camp. J.E., I'm not going to dispute that. He, as he gets older, get closer to the big 4-0. You're right. He probably has a higher percentage or risk of injury. Uh, but, you know, anything that the Lakers can do to try and prevent that, you're going to see more of what Joe really doesn't like and the, the load management come into play as far as with both LeBron and A.D., even if they are healthy throughout the season. And I know Joe doesn't like the sound of that, but 
Uh, Magic Man, just so great to have you here. And Papa says, give me 2020 AD and we win the chip. Uh, I hope that's the case and we can get uh, finally a full season of AD at MVP-like level. We'll see what happens there. But it is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate Sean and Joe being here. Once again, the Lakers do lose 107 to 90. Guys, before we head on out, uh, people are asking, are we going to be on the fourth? Is there any time in the afternoon you guys can be on? There might be a possibility, so keep in, keep in contact with me in the morning. Okay. And I'll schedule it if that's the case. Sean, would any returns for us planned or, you know, no pressure, no pressure. Just glad it's to up, have you back. It's up to you. Up to I'm me? Not, yeah. It's up to you. No, you, this is, <laughs> you're the coach. You call the plays. You call my number. I go in. Papa Duck Butter says, Magic Man, you're, you're a gorgeous lad. He, he didn't know he the is. Magic Man before. He is very, very handsome. I appreciate that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't deny it. Didn't you once say, hey, Joe, I'm charming. What can I say? Yeah, I, did. I think I did say that. <laughs> you charming, Gerald? No, Magic Man said that on one of our playback.tv slash Sacred I think we were talking about, uh, we were talking about, you know, how. You and the ladies. You and yes. the ladies. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Well, yes. there's a reason his name is Magic Man. <laughs> And we'll and we'll leave it at that. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrow, and also as well, Magic Man Sean Grace. Great to have him back. Joe, come Sorrow, back to playback during the next uh, summer league game, and you'll get the R version of what that is. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, uh, that's on Wednesday, indeed. But once yeah, again, oh, it is I will the be Lakers. there. Oh yeah, I know you oh, will be. Oh yes. Yes, yes, you will. Playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Please join us for our coverage of the games. And, of course, afterwards on Wednesday is going to be us at the Lakers Fast Break. But tomorrow, we'll try to sneak something in. Will we finally get a resolution on who the final roster spot will go for the Lakers? We'll wait and see. But there's always Lakers talk. And you know what? It always should be happening. Whether or not we win or lose here in the preseason, we're just looking for a good time. Now, hoping even if you don't join us, you can always catch us later on on the 4th. But please be safe and have a great 4th of July. And we'll try to be on tomorrow for you right don't, here. Don't don't let this happen to you guys. Yeah, don't let that happen. Yeah, Careful with the fireworks. Careful with the fireworks right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.